This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Okay, let's go ahead and dive right on into the Word here and just learn some things about faith. If you've got a Bible, go with me to the book of Romans 12. Romans 12. Tonight I want to talk about something that I, I think every one of us deal with constant in our lives in making decisions. And the way me and you make decisions in this life it tells us a lot about our faith that we have in Jesus. So who or what do you believe in and trust in? Now when I talk about faith, that's what I'm talking about. Who do you believe in or do you trust in? And every one of us in this room have a thing called a faith temperature. And, and my faith temperature always hinges on the Word of God and how well I act on the Word or obey the Word of God. So when I'm making decisions, when I leave God out of my decisions, then I'm not walking by faith at all. But when I include God in my decision making, that's saying, Father God, I'm going to believe you and I'm going to trust you and I'm going to learn to listen to so one of the ways that I begin to do that, do I look to the Word, do I look to the Bible, do I look to God as a guide? Ask yourself that. When you have to make decisions, do you look to the Word of God, do you look to God? See, and when I don't, my faith will be stale or non-existent at best. And so again, let the Word of God shape you instead of you trying to shape the Word. Let God's Word speak to you. Let this Word come alive. You know, there in uh, Hebrews 4, it says, The Word of God is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Let the Word of God come alive to you. Okay, we begin. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. It says, Do not be conformed to this world. That word conform there says, do not be molded or shaped to this world or this world's godless system. But, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, when he talks about the renewing of your mind, he's literally talking about renovating your mind. It, it implies restoration to your mind. And the mind constitutes your intellect. Your mind constitutes your understanding. And so literally right here, the Apostle Paul says, if you want to see a transformation in your mindset, the way you think, renew your mind. What am I to renew my mind to? I'm to renew my mind to the Word of God. Something starts to happen when I begin to think in line like the Word of God. Now it's interesting, he said, that you would be transformed. You would be changed. Oftentimes when you look at this passage, the transformation is a lot like when a, a butterfly comes out of the, the cocoon. A transformation that takes place. Now, as human beings, the transformation, you can be a worm the rest of your life. You can crawl on your belly the rest of your life, or you can be a butterfly and float around and look pretty. But the way that happens is i got to get into the Word of God. So he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. And, and that word prove means by practice. 
everyday life, I prove that is good and acceptable and it is the perfect will of God. So when you think about this, my thoughts literally formulate my purposes. And my purposes dictate our actions. And my actions become my character determining habits. But it all starts the way I begin to think. And so every one of us, there's a starting point. You have to start. And you gotta start getting in the Word and you gotta start thinking in line with the Word of God. And ultimately, the Word of God will help you in your decision making. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind to the Word. That tells me right there, I gotta get time, I make time to get in this book. I gotta study the Word of God. Okay? It's very important that you learn to get into the Word of God. You know, in the natural, we don't have to tell ourselves when to eat. Most of us have like an inner bell on the inside. And that'll ding early in the morning, it'll ding at lunch, it'll ding in the evening too. But what about the Word of God? If you don't come into a place of discipline in your life, it won't happen. And so make it a habit to get in the Word. Learn to read the Word, and whether it's the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Epistles, the Proverbs, study the Word of God. Now, I want to show you the significance of the Word. Turn with me to the 119th Psalm. The 119th Psalm is the longest Psalm of any of them. It seems like it goes on forever. And in the 119th Psalm, what's very interesting to me is the subtitle in my Bible above it. It starts out and says this. The meditations on the excellence of the Word of God. The meditations of the excellences of the Word of God. Something happens when I begin to think in line with the Word of God. Now, I'm, I'm going to start at verse 29, or 129. Psalm 119, uh, verse 29. Or 129. I went through here and I marked several things. And I'm just going to read them real fast before I get to verse 129. It says in, in verse 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Something happens when I begin to get the word in my heart. Verse 25. My soul clings to the, to the dust. Revive me according to your word. Verse number 50. This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. How many are being afflicted right now in some area of your life? Probably every one of us in a way or another. He said, right here, your word has given me life. There is life in the word of God. Verse number 65. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word And you are good and you do good. Verse number 74. Because I have hoped in your word. Verse number 81. But I have hoped in your word. Verse 101. I could keep going over and over. I've restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I How sweet are your words to my taste. Verse 103. And so again, you begin to see. And I encourage you, read this whole chapter. 
and begin to get the, the drift of the psalmist here, what power there is in the Word of God. Psalms 119, verse 129. Your testimonies, one translation says, your miracle word are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. My soul obeys them. The entrance, and the entrance is literally the opening. The opening of your word gives light. The word light literally means or direction in my life. How many of you need a little direction in your life right now? Never ends. Every day, I need direction in my life. And he's telling me it's found right here in your word. He goes on to say, it gives understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth and I panted, for I longed or I wanted for your commandments. Look upon me and be merciful to me, as your custom is toward those who love your name. Direct my steps by your word. Order my steps. Establish my steps by means of your word. The New American Standard says, in thy word. The message says, study my steps with your word of promise so nothing malign gets the better of me. Now it's interesting right here. He said, direct my steps by your word. What would happen if we begin to ask God to do that? Father God, I ask you, direct my steps by your word. I want my life established by your word. Now, oftentimes where we make mistakes as Christians is we've confessed the Lord Jesus as Lord of our lives. But just because I've confessed Jesus as Lord of my life, God is not obligated to bless you as you do or live however you want. There's something happens when I begin to obey the word of God. And I begin to live by his word on a daily basis. And if you notice there. He said man I, I panted for your word. I had an appetite for your word. That hadn't always been in my life. If you've been born again very long. You didn't start that way. You didn't have an appetite for the word of God. But something happens on the inside of us. When we begin to get the truth of the word of God. John 8, 31 and 32 it says. Only the truth will set you free. Only the truth. And literally that verse hinges on. That when you accept the truth. And you live by the truth. Then and then only will it set you free. And so man I begin to get in the word. You begin to dig in areas of your life. That you say man I've got to apply this. Now, what happens when you begin to get into the Word of God? Well, according to Romans 10, 17, faith comes only by hearing the Word of God. So the more I hear the Word of God, it, it would be like us going to the gym and, you know, here's the mirror and all day, just sit there and do curls all day. And you would have pipe-eye arms. Well, that's how the Word of God is. Man, when I start taking in the Word of God and I begin to believe the Word of God and I begin to act on it, it begins to build me up on the inside. Something begins to happen on the spiritual side or inwardly. And this is his desire. Now, he ends in the last part of verse 133. He says, And let no iniquity or sin 
have dominion over me. That verse is cross-referenced to Romans 6.12. It says, don't let sin reign in your body, or nor should you obey it. The only way I begin to find out about God's true heart, get in the Word of God. Start getting in the Word of God, and I encourage you, put scriptures around your house, mark them on the refrigerator, put them in your wallet, speak the Word, get that in there, begin to speak it over your children, and you watch what God will begin to do. Now, turn back just a little bit to to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to begin in verse 5. Ooh, this is good right here. Direct my steps, Lord, by your word. Ooh, I welcome it. Direct my steps, Lord, by your word. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord. Now, when we see the word trust there again... That has to do with faith. Faith is trusting. Faith is believing that God will do precisely what he says he does. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not some of your heart. Not on payday. He said, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Now, this is what happens in life as human beings. I'm either going to trust in God, and I'm going to get out by faith, and I'm going to say, Father God, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to hold fast to the Word of God. Or I'm going to lean on my own understanding. God or me. That's not even close in comparison, okay? But many times in our lives, we get this thought, I know what to do. I I know more than Father God. But in this passage, he said, lean not on to your own understanding. So don't try to figure everything out on your own, is what one translation says. Incorporate God into your life. He goes on to say, in all your ways, and that word ways there means a road, a course, or a mode of action that is new each day. In all your ways, acknowledge him. The word acknowledge there is to know by observation, to know by investigation, to know by reflection. This refers right here to life-giving intimacy with Father God. So I am to acknowledge God in all my ways, and he shall direct my paths. That word pass there, or direct your paths, means he will make straight and right. God will straighten out the path of the ones who are devoted to his word. That's exactly what that says. Now, what's wonderful about the word of God, it reads the same for every one of us, okay? The only differences I see with people is some get in the word and they begin to obey the word and others never do it. But something happens when I begin to obey the word of God in my decision making. In my choices. Now the rest of the evening. Or most of it. I'm going to go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 23. 1 Samuel chapter 23. I encourage you to begin to put this in practice right here. That anytime you've got decisions to make you go to God. 
whether they're little decisions or big decisions. You know what? We've through a lot of trial and error and failing. We try to go to the Lord with, with every decision we make. And there was a time in my life where Shelley had wanted a new home. And so I said, man, you know what? We can do this. We're going to believe God for this. And so we begin to go around and look at homes. Well, there was one she really loved. And our realtor really loved it. And when I would go in there, I wouldn't have a peace. And with God, he says he'll, he'll lead us by our spirit. Well, a lot of times the way he leads that when you have a peace in your heart, it's like he's giving you a knowing. If you're ever getting ready to make his decision and you inquire of God what to do and you kind of get a yuck in your heart, that's God. That's God warning you saying, don't do it, don't do it. So it's kind of like when you get peace, it's a green light. When you get a red light, that's a yuck. And I'm going to tell you, when you run a spiritual red light, you think paying a, a ticket in the natural is expensive. Oh my God. Pastor, have you done? I've done that. I have run spiritual red lights. I'm like, oh. So every time we'd go in this house, I would get a yuck. So we go back over there and they're wanting to sign papers and everything within me is like, don't be the party pooper. Don't be Debbie Downer. Just sign it. And I mean, they're all like, sign, sign, sign. And I looked at them both and I said, I'm not signing that. I'm not going to do that. And I remember looking at Shelly and saying, I, I want to buy you a home, but it's just not this one. So we didn't buy that one. And we just kept praying and the Lord began to lead us to another one and another one. And then we begin to inquire the Lord, Lord, we want to hear you on this. What was interesting is that one house that the Lord had put that yuck in me, they had built it up in a lot of dirt, a lot of dirt. And after a couple of years, the foundation began to, to settle. They didn't have little cracks in that thing. They had big old cracks. It looked like a miniature Grand Canyon in there. And I remember when I saw those things and I was so blessed. I thought, oh my gosh, God, did you do me great right there. It was almost like the Lord had warned me. But again, when we don't take time to pray and inquire of God and trust Him, this never happens. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is what happens in this passage. 1 Samuel 23, verse number 1. Now, let me tell you what's going on here just a little bit. Saul is the king right now. David is the anointed king. Saul can't stand David. He's relentlessly pursuing him, wanting to kill him, okay? So we begin in verse 1. Then they told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah, and they are robbing the threshing floor. And this gets David's attention here, because he knew these guys were a bunch of farmers, and the threshing floors were their livelihood for, for grain and even to be able to plant the next spring. And so he knew they were defenseless. Verse 2. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord. Some translations will say he prayed. David inquired of the Lord saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines. And save Keilah. Now this is interesting to me. Because 
David just didn't assume and say, you know what, I'm the anointed next king. I can do whatever I want and God will bless it. And the other side of that coin is oftentimes we have the thought, well, God is God and if God wants to do it, then he'll just do it. If that was the case either way, then why did David pray or why did he inquire of God? Because God likes to cooperate stuff with us. He likes for us to come into agreement with him. So watch what happens next. But David's men said to him, look, we are afraid. We live in fear here in Judah. How much more than if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? So David's men refused and they tell us why. Because they were afraid or they were in fear. Understand this. Fear is the exact opposite of faith. When I get into fear, fear attracts the devil like faith attracts God. And so his guys are freaking out. They're like saying, "Uh uh-uh, we're not doing that. We're fearful. You know how do you get rid of fear? You feed your faith. Begin to load up on the word of God. Verse 4. Then David acquired of the Lord... Once again. This blesses me. This is the anointed next king of Israel. And says again he goes back and prays. If you'll note there. He didn't blow off his men. And say you guys are a bunch of geniuses. Shut up. You don't know. You don't know nothing. But again he took the time to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord answered him. And said arise. Go down to Keilah. For I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. So again, he didn't look at man's opinion. He didn't look to himself and said, you know what, I got it right up here. No, he goes back to God in this situation. And anytime I I listen to what God says and I obey him, it's like I stay under that umbrella that we talked about last week. When I live by the word of God, I stay under that umbrella. But again, God's not obligated to me if he says, go right and I go left. The umbrella doesn't follow me. The the word of God does. Order my steps by your word. And so again, right here, you begin to see David still inquired of the Lord. So what did God tell him? God told him precisely what was going to happen. Go down there and it's all going to work out. But you know what? He still had to obey God. How many have ever had a, had a thought from the Lord or even the word where you knew this, is, this was God's will in the matter, but yet I overrode it and said, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, I've done that. I did that in buying a car one year. And guess what? I got torched. That's never happened since then. I got in a hurry. I'm telling you, when I go and buy a vehicle, I, I, will, I will inquire of God. I'll get real slow and I'll say, Father God, I, I want to hear from you. I ask you. Do you know God's a great mechanic? He knows cars. We just don't ask him. I'm down in Dallas one year looking for a car. And man, I, I got anxious. Got in a hurry. Didn't inquire. I, I didn't even pick up the phone and call God. I didn't even ask God what he thought. I bought this thing and I'm telling you, To this day, it makes me want to throw up because I wouldn't listen to God. But I learned. I learned. And I was back down there one year buying my daughter a car. 
And I, I promise, I said to the Lord, me and Shelly, we got in agreement. I said, Lord, you're going to lead us. You're going to guide us. We're going to trust you. And, and I would pull up and people would get out to show me a car and I'd know immediately. That's not it. That's not it. And so I go to this one guy's house and when I get out, he had this little Honda. And immediately I knew. I knew that was the one. How'd you know, Pastor? Did you have a vision? Did God ride in the sky in cursive by it, you genius? No, I just had that sense of knowing, of learning to trust that, that inward tuition again and live by faith and step out. And so I bought that car. It was incredible. This was how good of a deal it was. My daughter drove that for about four years, and I sold it four years later for more than I paid for it. God will make you look good even in buying cars. But note here, David inquired of him, And when God told him the outcome, he still had to step out by faith and believe in him, trust him. Keep going with me here. Oh, this is a great passage. And the Lord answered and said, Rise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. I'm going to do it. And David and his men went to Keilah. They fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow, and they took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. Isn't that interesting? It, It took place just like God told him. But what would have happened if David would listen to the opinions of men instead of what God thought? It's very easy to read into these and say, why didn't the people of the Bible listen to God? Well, what about us? Keep reading. And it happened when Abathar the priest, the son of Himelech, fled to David at Keilah, that he went down with the ephod in his hand. Now, the ephod, always in David's life, When he would put the ephod on, it was like a garment. But when he put the ephod on, you know what he was saying? I need God's guidance. It shows me, though, that when he put that ephod on, man, he went to seek God. And it was almost like he's saying, I'm not going anywhere until I hear from God. And Saul was told that David had gone to Keilah. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand, for he has shut himself. And what he was saying here is, is Saul thought God had handed David over to him and he was going to kill him. He's got him now. And by entering a town that the gates and bars, there was no way out. Then Saul called all the people together for war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. When David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, he said to Abathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. I want to know what God's got to say. Then David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me to his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant... And the Lord said, he will come down. He will come down. Now, it's interesting right there. He asked two questions. But God only asked one of them. Now, look what he does next in verse number 12. Then David said, will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver you. So you know what he does? He goes back to God the second time and says, I got to hear from you, Lord. I'm not going to think or read into it what I think I should. I want to know what you say. And I look at this so many times and I think, 
God, how much heartache would we have, have not had if we would just took the time to listen to God? Just to get into presence. And then when He actually speaks to me, that I literally trust Him and say, Okay, Father God, I believe you. Now, listen, God will speak to you through His Word. If God said, I'll supply all your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus, I can believe Him. Philippians 4.13 says, He said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. But, just because He said that, do you believe it? Do you step out and do you trust Him? I remember when I first started speaking, oh my gosh, I was a nervous wreck. I mean, just, uh, it, was, it was so difficult. And I would say out of my mouth, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And I can keep confessing that, I can keep confessing that, but if I really believe it, i got to start acting on it. And so the only way to overcome that was to say, okay, Father God, you're going to strengthen me. And so I'd get up there and I'd begin to speak. And so again, one of the ways we conquer our fears is we step out by faith and we trust and we believe God. This is what God said he would do. He goes on to say here. So David and his men, about 600, arose, departed from Keilah and went wherever they could go. Then it was told Saul that David escaped from Keilah. So he halted the expedition. Guess what happens right here? David's faith was only in God. He trusted God completely and I saw a statistic the other day that really rocked me there are too few Christians that actually live by faith that believe God, that trust God you know what the statistic was it said that only 10% of Christians make decisions based off the word of God We claim to be Christians, but we don't even go to the Word of God for our answers. And I looked and I had to think, do I always go to Him? See, unbelief looks to myself. Unbelief looks to me. But belief and faith, it looks to God and says, Father God, I trust you. I believe in you. And the reason I want to highlight that right now is because I know there's ones in this room. You've got big decisions to make. Have you inquired of God? Have you gone before God? Listen, I'm going to tell some of you right now. Don't, don't, don't change jobs without asking God. Don't do that. And if you're married, get, get in agreement with your spouse and grab their hand. Well, Pastor, I've never done that. Well, it's a good day to start. I'm not married to you, Roxanne, but I'm going to grab your hand. And you get in faith. I know you'd love to be married to me. What a deal, huh? <laughs> but again, we get over there in faith and we say, Oh, Lord, Lord, let's get in agreement. The Bible says two, when two of you agree together. Guys, I've stood for jobs. I believe God and said, Father God, I want to hear your heart. I want to inquire you. I remember there was a time I was believing God for a job. And I didn't get it. And it rocked me so bad. I was like, oh, Father God, what's up? And I remember Shelly just in, her, in a calm voice, she looked at me and she said, you know what? I believe God's got something better for you. And I looked at her like, no. A couple weeks later, that better job came up. 
And it just happens by believing God and trusting God in areas of our life where we look and say, Lord, I want to hear from you. I want to acquire from you. I want to believe you. I love you, Father God. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.